Welcome to Let's Talk About Sex, Jamie. I am Jamie, and on today's episode, I'm talking to the amazing Adrena um, about her experience in a throuple, being in a relationship with a couple, being in a polyamorous relationship. There's many labels, which I'm sure we cover in the episode, but yeah, I talked to her about that, which I found super interesting and really cool. Um, I also have a chat with longtime podcast editor, Matt. He's been helping me edit this podcast since day one, and uh, we thought it was about time that we had a little chat together about um, being vanilla guys and uh, talking about sex and obviously hearing all the stories that you hear through this podcast and stuff like that. Um, it, uh, yeah, it makes you think about things a bit differently um, while still kind of holding on to our vanilla core. <laughs> Uh, so yeah I hope you enjoy it let us know if you did on the Instagram the Twitter all that stuff at Let's Talk About Sex Jamie and yeah I hope you have a lovely time listening to the episode and yeah nice one love you bye hello Adrena hello Jamie Um, I wanted to talk to you about your experience with poly relationships mm-hmm. you're which in there has been a lot <laughs> which has been a, a good amount a healthy mm-hmm. amount uh and you're in quite an interesting one or at least i find it interesting right now yeah i mean it is it is definitely interesting it's an interesting situation to navigate i'm currently <laughs> <laughs> in a poly relationship with a married couple which mm-hmm. means i sort of went overnight from being single to having a husband a wife and two young children yeah have kids yeah yeah it's it's been interesting yeah so first off how how sort of deep into that are you like you do you get involved with the kids right Yes. Yeah, no, very deep. It is very much, I think a lot of people always assume this stuff is just about sex. And obviously it yeah. started that way. Um, it's very much a relationship. I, They introduced me to their children, which first off, I think was an amazing thing to do and a big act of trust. But now I spend a lot of time with the kids. Yeah. Mm. So how did they introduce you at first? At first it was like, this is just our friend. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started to be around there obviously a lot um and fortunately the, the children love me I love the children we, mm. we they started to demand that I was there a lot of the time <laughs> like on weekends they'd be like where's Adrena where's yeah. Adrena where's Adrena coming like all the time um so it kind of got to a point where I like had to go around for the kids in itself um, right yeah then we kind of had a conversation with them um where it was like Adrena's our chosen family you know she's not blood family but she's our chosen family so she's yeah. family now yeah and um, which I think was because you know, the husband decided it was important that we should kind of explain to them why I was so present in their life so that's how yeah. we went about doing it before that point then how were you kind of I might be going into like nitty-gritty details that don't really matter but how kind of physical were you in front of the kids like because um, I know I know that's a boundary I've been in that similar position with like a one-on-one relationship where if there's a kid involved I was uh, personally I put like quite a lot of distance between me and my partner before because yeah. I didn't want them to see it until the time was right um how are you we've that? had a <laughs> we've had our moments yeah um so generally from a 
logistical sleeping perspective, we'll all be in a bedroom and then when it gets a certain hour, the husband will go downstairs and sleep in one of the kids' rooms and I sleep with the wife. And the kids will come up in the morning and they're used to knowing that when Adrina stays around, Adrina stays in the bed with mummy. There's been moments, like there's once where I just, and I kiss all my friends on the lips, but I kissed the wife on the lips in front of the kids and they're like, oh my God, what was that? Like (laughs) kissing is what mummy and daddy do. And they're like, no, actually everybody kiss. Um, There was moment i think where the son walked in and me kissing daddy which i think is definitely more confusing yeah. but luckily he's like six so his brain is still soup so I don't think really <laughs> So you can mold it however you want <laughs> didn't really process yeah. um and now you know when we're in on the sofa watching films and stuff i'll be sat like lying in daddy's lap and i'll be holding his hands and they don't really seem to notice or pay attention they're far more excited about what's going on in their own lives you know yeah yeah, yeah. But it is really interesting. It's really interesting to watch. It's really interesting to see what they pick up on. And I, I can't help but think, you know, right now they are very young and they've got squidgy little brains, but <laughs> they're going to look backwards, surely, and be like, that was that was weird. Who was that random <laughs> woman just in our house groping daddy all the time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, no, it's... I think they'll put two and two together, definitely. Yeah, yeah. So you don't think that that's something that needs to really be explained then? No, I hope, and I do hope to be, I want to be in their life a long time, even if I don't stay in the romantic capacity with the parents, you know, that might not necessarily be possible as the children get older. But I do hope to be in their lives and I hope to be in the kids' lives because we have become incredibly close. Yeah. And so I'm hoping it's something that like develops naturally and they'll just get so used to having me around, they won't need to be an all-out conversation. Yeah. What I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah, that would be really cool. I mean, yeah. I guess, I guess it, it's quite, um, it's quite age dependent. Then, I guess because yeah. I think if they, they were quite young, it seems like a good time to just sort of teach them like this is normal for us. And, yeah, you know, and you know. The, the parents are amazing with their kids. They teach them all sorts of things, and they're very like open with them, but in a quite like healthy way where they try and they bring them up very well. So they they are yeah. doing yeah a really good job at kind of like just slowly introducing them into the ideas of their own gender and sexuality and love mm. and all of that yeah yeah it's super interesting i i'm wondering like i almost want to sort of use it as like a weird case study i'm wondering if like <laughs> like at what, at what age will they sort of start questioning things you know it's got yeah. it's got to be when like i guess social pressures start at yeah. school you know the conversation of like mum and dad will come up and they'll be like well we, yeah because i pick them up from school sometimes so yeah. i don't know how much the other people at school and stuff was like who's this bitch <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> like I don't especially like me I don't really blend in um, right. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of their neighbours the polyamorous are, dominatrix doesn't blend in at the school pickup. <laughs> oh. like a lot of their neighbours um, know the score and a lot of yeah. their friends know the score because as soon as they've met me they've been like alright you're fucking her like it's yeah. really not it's, it's obvious when you are isn't it it's obvious when you love someone yeah so, yeah yeah yeah, I mean, so this is this might be quite a, a cringe-worthy question, but do you sort of see yourself as um, like the couple's girlfriend? Do you see yourself as part of the three? Mm-hmm. Part of the? Well, I assume you do because um, you're part of the family now. And yeah, I mean, it gets complicated, and there's I yeah. could talk about this for days, and then there's still a lot that I'm personally working out. Because it's all, you know, I've been in open relations before, I've been in poly relations before, I've had more threesomes than I care to mention, I am a certified unicorn, but (laughs) it's different when it becomes, you know, a long-term ongoing dynamic, and particularly when there's children involved and stuff. So there's a lot to figure out, but yeah, I don't see myself as, say, the wife's girlfriend or anything like that. I do see us as a three, 
Yeah. However, I'm also brutally aware that they have 17 years of marriage behind them. And right. I've just rocked up. I know that I will always be, even when they're like, you're not the third wheel, we're a partnership, blah, blah, blah. I always will be. I will always be an add-on, you know, um, because I just, I don't have that. And, you know, I, in, even if I go stay with them for a week, at the end of the day, I still go back to my own little nest and they carry on with their um, nuclear family so yeah. whilst I see myself as their girlfriend and their partner I am also aware of my own romantic limitations yeah that yeah that's that makes you you sound quite dour when you say that <laughs> well um yeah I mean it comes with its pros definitely um when they start to argue and have to deal with their work and clean the house and the kids start screaming i'm like bye <laughs> and that's, i'm out <laughs> I'm like, yeah see you on the weekend <laughs> so, so it's great from that you know that perspective and i like the freedom of it and you know i, I was never looking for before i met them and in life in general i was never looking for like a long-term boyfriend i was never looking to settle down so from that perspective it works but also i think i've became more lonely since entering through a relationship than I was before because before I was just alone and I was cool with that yeah. whereas when you're exposed to relationships and I get to see what other people have I get to see their love I get to see their marriage um, and then when you go home to your own little space you'll suddenly feel very lonely and also I'm also aware that the longer that I am in this relationship it, um, it has those limitations and it also means that I'm never gonna should I want to I'll never find that for myself if I'm attached to that because really there's only so far you can stretch me you know <laughs> I'm stretched for my limits but there's really only so many people I can have in my life at one time so yeah, yeah. I, I guess it's made me a lot more introspective a bit more lonely um it it my instinct says it doesn't make sense because mm. you know you're not just in a relationship you're in a relationship with multiple people that should be the opposite of loneliness right but you the fact that you so. have that detachment and that it, almost that like escape button it, it magnifies the negative space um mm. with the time you spend alone you're much more alone um you can't you, you know you have no access to this yeah there's so much to dissect about it but yeah and you're also always working around someone else's schedule and lifestyle and um relationships you're always navigating that so you kind of have a total lack of like autonomy over your own relationship uh you know in a normal people listening to this can't see my little hand prints um, <laughs> air quote normal people. i did the air quote um, <laughs> normal relationships <clears throat> you kind of have autonomy over it and you you get that time you know when you first meet someone where you just like hang out in bed for like three days straight it's like low-key gross but it's really fun and <laughs> or it's like really late at night and you're horny so you like booty call them or yeah. just like oh there's this exhibition and this is obviously pre-covid there's this exhibition yeah. i saw i want to go let's do you want to come with me uh in a three relationship you don't get any of that really like so the wife will make efforts so she comes around and has little sleepovers at mine sometimes and it's just the two of us but you have no kind of total freedom and flexibility so yeah yeah so do you do you think that would still be the case if um you were three separate people so three lies in, no, no two were yeah, sort of married yeah. um, or lived together or had kids. I mean, I think so, yeah. That might have different pros and cons. I think that in a way would be way more complicated because yeah. you're trying to navigate different people's separate emotions, or at least them, they know how they feel each other, about each other. They know how they feel about me. There's a lot of communication. So it'd probably be harder as separate, but in terms of freedom of movement, <laughs> like it's logistics. The EU or something. <laughs> logistics. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it, that, it's harder, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 
So how how did you get into the situation then? Did you meet one first, or did you meet them as a couple? Yeah, I met the I met the wife first. Um, loosely met at a party. Yeah. She invited me on a date. We went on a date. Then she was like, oh, "I'd like you to meet my husband," because I knew she was married. She was like, "Oh, yeah. can my husband join us for dinner one time?" He shows up, and I'm like, "Oh, hi." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so I think it was very, very clear. And so then initially just, like they always do, just started sex. Um, it was, I think, just meant to be sex. Um, but we all just became very attached to each other, like yeah. very intensely, very mentally, all very much like to this. And then it kind of, I think they were looking for a girlfriend. They were looking to fill that role um, before meeting me. Yeah. Um, anyway, I hadn't particularly been looking for anything at all. I was just living my best life. And then, yeah, it just became very clear that I think all of us wanted something a little bit more than just sex. And so very, very naturally, but quite fast, progressed on from that. Yeah. Okay. So with your going back to your loneliness, (laughs) 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 um, do you do you see like yourself getting in another relationship, like a separate thing? um, Not a relationship. I would be open to a emotionally warm sexual relationship for sure Mm. just so that I could have I need a lot of physical intimacy and so when there are limitations in terms of their availability or what they're able to offer I still need that physical intimacy um so I would yeah I would be very open to having someone that I could just hang out with yeah uh in a nice way and but I feel like romantically I'm very much attached to them at the moment um so I don't I don't feel like romantically I want anything else there you know I don't I don't think there's anything anyone can offer me that they're not so yeah I don't want that but it would be nice to just um yeah and also have some time to stay in touch with my own identity this is complicated but when you're in a three particularly when I think when you're the third wheel you kind of have to compromise your own identity a bit to fit in to the dynamic that they need so i think for me to have a separate thing that would help me keep in temperature my own dynamic um yeah my own kind of entity and personality and yeah. sexual needs and uh just have those little moments that you kind of crave you know just a one-on-one conversation one-on-one sex being able to hang out and make breakfast with someone you know that sort of thing um but predominantly i would say no i'm like very satisfied at the moment yeah, yeah. do you think that um Actually, I, so I think that for people listening that aren't f- fully versed on this kind of setup, um, I think that they would say um, you kind of feeling like you you would need some like extra physical intimacy outside a relationship might suggest that there's a hole in the relationship that you have. Maybe the hole is between Monday and Fridays. Uh, <laughs> yeah no no there probably there is there are in you know, the whole come whole comes in the form of the limitations in so much as you know always has to be and it's it always has to be when the kids are at bed with the door locked um yeah. never when they're awake like or stolen moments or it's kind of portioned out so there are limitations and for all the in many ways i think being in this sort of relationship gives you so much more than a normal relationship because it's just such a fascinating dynamic and there's so much love and the engagement between us all on different perspectives is really beautiful but there are of course limitations just like i think if i was dating say a married woman like a divorced married woman there'd still be limitations in terms of their um but yeah I think lots of relationships have various holes, but yeah, I think yeah. maybe for me. And I think again, I am someone that is very. I'm a very emotional person and a very sexual person, so I need, I need a lot. Like I need my 
sexual and emotional needs met yeah. regularly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which causes complications in a lot of relationships, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, I guess when you put it like that, it, it does just sort of sound like any other relationship. If you if you just you know swapped out the couple for an, another mm. man or woman you were seeing, and you said, yeah, they've got kids and they're busy in the week, and you know, so I feel like I need something elsewhere. I think people will be able to understand that a bit more. Um, yeah. It sounds a bit more like I something mean, we're familiar with. For me, they're they're incredibly open and understanding. Um, and so, whilst I think like, yeah, so they know that I am, you know, the, the extra partner, so to speak, and that I don't have access to them all of the time and that they have access to each other all the time. And they're really understanding with that. And so they say to me, you know, if you wanted to get a boyfriend, we'd accept that you had to get, get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Um, or, you know, if you did something else, then you could. The wife particularly, who seems very keen for me to get a boyfriend because she wants to fuck him. <laughs> She's like that. She just wants you to do the legwork. Yeah. is like my sexuality on crack. It's right, like, okay. <laughs> we're terrible together um, in the best possible way. And um, so they're really understanding like that. Um, but yeah, right now I feel like rom- romantically I'm, I'm given that to them. So I don't really know if I have much capacity for a lot more. Yeah. Do you think that if if it felt natural uh you could see yourself moving in with them and creating that kind of setup um the idea of living with children makes my blood run cold. <laughs> maybe <laughs> you can way... just get like a shed in the garden maybe yeah i mean the they, yeah um the way our relationship works and how fluidly it works and how much time i spend there how much time i spend with the children and how fast it's progressed i think um objectively yes I could see that working, but I am a very independent woman and I think <laughs> I'd probably be happier ducking in and out. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really fascinating, I think. Um, and especially given, you know, the the times we're in at the moment. Um I've got a a, f- a fair amount of friends that are having a kind of um, conversations with me, you know, cause they're now locked in with their partners and they're in monogamous relationships. And yeah. there's a fair amount of people that are talking about, you know, opening things up or, um, you know, looking into polyamory. And I stuff. highly recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend it too, based on my very yeah. limited experience of like poly setups. But um, yeah. yeah, it's like, it seems to be a thing that people are it's thinking about. Becoming more. a lot more, yeah. A lot more of a conversation. Um, yeah. It's becoming yeah. a lot more of a socially acceptable conversation, for sure, yeah. definitely. I think we're, so we're culturally, I think we're moving more into that um, direction. I think we're becoming more aware that we are kind of held back by the limitations of social constructs and um, monogamous relationships are just a social construct. Mm. And I think people are kind of stepping away from that. Yeah. I had a conversation recently where someone said they asked me for advice on how to have the conversation about opening up a relationship. Mm. And they started it by being, being like, Jamie, you hate monogamy, right? And uh, <laughs> I really got really annoyed by that because, and I want, I want you to back me up here as well, is that because if, if people are into like open or poly setups, it doesn't mean we're anti-monogamy, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like I have, I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I don't practice it myself, but I have so much respect for people that do. And I also think that polyamory isn't for everyone. It's like, this is like veganism. You can't just like force it down. It falls yeah, through. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it works really well for some people, but for other people who are just not cut from that kind of cloth. And some people need monogamy and I definitely wouldn't advise it. And yeah, I think monogamy yeah. is a really, really beautiful, respectable thing. Um, yeah, I'm a bit jealous of people that can opening. pull it off and oh, be yeah. very, very happy in it. I, yeah, I, I it wish I could lovely. have that. I wish I yeah. could. It's just, it's definitely not, for, I know. Yeah myself well enough i know that it's not for me yeah 
Yeah, I, I came to the revelation a, while, a few years back that, um, you know, monogamy probably wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, and I came to it way too late. And, you know, I, I, I think I hurt a lot of people when I got hurt a lot because I didn't come yeah. to that conclusion quick enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's definitely one of my biggest regrets. I, I find with a lot of people, when you first bring it up, they're like, oh, my God, no. Yeah. And the second, like, it's always, it's always formulaic. The second you just kind of explain a few bits, people are like, huh yeah every time yeah. so people's new jack reaction is like oh no 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 that that's not right yeah. and after a while they're like okay <laughs> yeah it's something that you, people can just talk about like it, you know if if uh, it's a terrifying thing for especially in like in, in straight in straight uh couples for the guy to bring up it's terrifying because it just makes him look like a cheater or a pig yeah or like, yeah yeah it's yeah. a horrific thing what you should do is you should like slyly link them podcasts that talk about it that's what you should do that's how you get people thinking about it yeah but, um, and you know yeah yeah because there's such a huge difference between being consensually non-monogamous maybe mm. rather than just being uh, a sex person you know i think <laughs> sometimes <laughs> i think sometimes people think if you're non if you say that you're in an open relationship or whatever people also like ding 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 ding, ding that means you just like to have sex with everyone yeah so that's yeah. not the case i am not a swinger it's, it's not about sex but polyamory is not about sex that's why it's got amory and not like yeah yeah yeah, I think it's just a. I think the the starting point is just a general openness and like just mm. the think just thinking about it. Like the, the the thing I kind of when when I feel the conversation get intense, the same way you just you just described it when you mention it, and someone's like Ugh, and they get all tight and they they think you're a sex pest. Um, it's, it's just like imagine you know if you if you were if you've had a long hard day at work and you know you have to go home to your partner. Um, and you've got no time to put up with their shit. You've got no time to be responsible for them. You just want to be alone. You want to have a bath and just switch off. Or what if they, you know, went out on a date with someone or vice versa? If, if I mean, your, your partner's stressed and you just want to have some attention and I you could, go out on a date. Yeah, like, I could talk about this again all day. <laughs> um, but I think there are a few things. Firstly, you cannot expect to get everything from one person. That yeah. doesn't mean that one person is not good enough. You draw different things from different people. Uh, secondly, love is not finite. So it's something that's hard for people to come to terms with, but I think like, okay, think about your, your say if you've got brothers and sisters, you, if you love one, that does not detract from the amount of love that you have for another one. You yeah. love everyone in different ways. If you have kids, you love them for different reasons. You love your friends in different ways. By loving one does not mean that you're depleting from a love source from someone else. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's people's concerns. If you love someone else, then you're going to stop loving them. But it's just, it, it takes a certain amount of kind of psychological navigation that, yeah yeah and my like i won't go too into too much detail because i'm very inexperienced in it but in my one setup of like a poly thing i i was in two relationships and the first one was around for a long time before the second one showed up um and i definitely think there was like worry of you know replacement like number two would replace Absolutely. number one but That's um, totally it wasn't, yeah and it that for me anyway it completely wasn't the case it enhanced yeah. it because yeah. suddenly suddenly i'm happy and and my partners have like enabled me to be happy like that's that's a powerful thing also i think um so one thing that my couple say is that like me being in a relationship has massively improved their personal relationship when i'm not there um i think having a different external influence like a, i'm a quite calming influence on them yeah. i help them look at things differently i can help them bounce to each other so actually the third partner can enhance the relationship of the previous ex existing relationship um and something i found 
particularly sexually, but outside of that as well, is it really enhances my previously existing relationship if I've introduced someone into the relationship because I see my partner through fresh eyes. I see things that I never noticed about them. So the things that the other person might be attracted to in them is something I might not have noticed. Or I just, to see someone that you're attracted to, to see someone else attracted to them is very, very erotic. I find mm. that such a turn on and it's really yeah. kind of kind of really refresh your kind of excitement for your previous partner. So it's some real benefit. Yeah. There's a bunch of different dynamics that we've not even mentioned as well. And it's worth people kind of, it's worth people like seeking like inside themselves to figure out like what they, what they, what they would like. Cause you know, there's, um, there, I know a couple that, um, have, uh, threesomes all the time. Um, and, the uh, one of the partners just watches. And it doesn't never never interacts, just watch, but she she gets off on on seeing it happen. Yeah, I'm big into that. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> or you can get fully involved and get all the way in. Um, like I've had relationships where um we make a point of like our threesomes are three people having sex. It's not a couple and a third. Um yeah. and people also yeah. like couples and a third. Unicorns are a thing. Like there's yeah. all different kinds of dynamics. And I do think that it's worth kind of just thinking and talking to your partners about, you know, what kind of dynamic you, yeah. dynamic you like. And you know, start small. I mean, yeah. I could again I have a a lot of different rules to go by, like things you can follow, which help. Um, And I think the key ones like honesty, trust and communication are the cornerstone of any relationship, whatever you're doing. But with that, it's also particularly paramount. But to start small and also I think what's really, really important, like one of the most important things is make mistakes and to accept it's okay to make mistakes. So you might try and open up relationship and then do something and hate it. But don't let that scale off. Don't be like, okay, I tried it. It wasn't for me. That was a horrible mistake. And then it's going to ruin your relationship because you're yeah. hung up about this this mistake you made. But like, okay, so we tried having a threesome. Didn't like it. Well, maybe instead in future, I could just watch you kiss a girl. Just use the mistake to navigate into a different direction, like a yeah. different path and try something else. Yeah. Like, it's like kind of blindly like testing the water, isn't it? You're trying things out. So I think it's really important to embrace mistakes. Um, yeah. And work, work with them. Yeah, definitely. Okay, we've ranted about that for long enough, I think. Yeah, that was a long uh, one. <laughs> yeah, moral of the story is just talk to people. <laughs> yeah, communicate. Just talk. And I, I, I think that Be getting... Honest. Yeah, w- one thing I did learn is that getting literally everything you ever wanted in a relationship is totally possible and it's okay to try and like strive for that. Because yeah. definitely, I've definitely held off parts of myself thinking, well, I can't do that because, you know... Um, this is how relationships are supposed to work. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's bullshit. Yeah, and once you break find that social thing, constructs of how we should yeah. be in our lives. Yeah, definitely. Reject that. Hello, everyone. It's me, Jamie, and I've got an important announcement to make. All right. This podcast is now sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, anyone who's been listening to the podcast for the last however long it's been knows that I've been shouting about this company for years, since day one. One of our first episodes was a counselling session with me and my counsellor from BetterHelp, um, and I've been on it for years now, probably like coming up to like four years, I think, maybe five years I've been on it, um, getting counselling um, on a weekly basis, and I love it. Um, and yeah, it's really it's really nice. It's a bit like Tinder for therapists. You, you put in like your problems, <laughs> the things that you want to talk to someone about, and then it comes up with all these different counsellors who um, specialise in that area and you can kind of read a little bio and like read their reviews and stuff and pick which ones for you that's really cool i've gone through like probably probably about 14 counselors in my time on better help for me living in london especially um i think it's the same for like most major cities out there therapy in-person therapy is really expensive um this gives you that but you know 
at the kind of whenever you want to do it it's all online and you can do like you know video voice or text chat um and it's way cheaper than seeing someone in person so um yeah it's actual proper like therapy uh online securely online um yeah i send messages at all at all points in, in the day and night um it's pretty good for that you can also um, mark them as urgent, which is quite nice. I think a lot of people, when they think about online counselling, they kind of think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm, it's like a bit of a distance. Like you're not completely like fully in touch with your counsellor. But um, I think, you know, with it being online, you're more in touch with them and you can mark messages as urgent if you want like a, a quicker response. So they are sponsoring this podcast now, which is cool, which means we have a discount link. Um, you get 10% off if you go to betterhelp.com forward slash let's talk about sex Jamie there's a link in the bio and yeah love you bye hey Matt hey Jamie you right? I'm not bad how are you yeah pretty good pretty good not bad so I like how we always have to pretend like we haven't just been talking for the last hour yeah. when we record this <laughs> for anyone that doesn't know and it might have uh, missed your kind of cameos in some of the episodes you are the editor of this podcast right i am yeah i forgot i did that <laughs> not editing i forgot i did a cameo oh yeah, yeah yeah when i fuck up matt tends to uh add his own voice to like say jamie fucked up here here's the actual explanation of what happened um, <laughs> it's the weirdest yeah. thing to do to be honest i felt so self-conscious <laughs> like initially doing it but oh, i think it's no, fun. yeah it's good it's fun that kind of ties into what i wanted to talk about so we were sort of laughing and joking about what it's like editing a podcast like this and actually and having a podcast like this speaking for myself here when we're both quite vanilla yeah so vanilla in terms of like we're not massively kinky i probably am a little bit more than you but not much i would say i think just talking about sex in general makes me vanilla i don't do this this is a weird thing for me because you don't talk about it yeah i don't have any mates that talk about sex yeah you know it's not normal for me or my it's not normal talk about sex no it is normal <laughs> well that's what you're trying to do isn't it normalize talking about sex that's what yeah. i've learned from editing these podcasts <laughs> that's what i've learned from <laughs> listening to you fucking ran on for the last year my yeah. education of like you know kink and sex knowledge has yeah. doubled editing this podcast with jeff <laughs> it's like where the fuck are you getting all this information from? <laughs> <laughs> Good. I hope I'm corrupting your mind. But yeah, no, that was definitely, that's why I want to talk about it. Cause that was hundred percent. The reason for me starting it was I was super vanilla. I think I still am, but it was really interesting hearing other people who weren't vanilla talking about their experiences and their stories and stuff. I was really into like the world of sex, I guess. And I, I would watch documentaries. There's loads of channel four documentaries about like sex parties and orgies and swingers and, you know, escorting all that stuff. And I always found it really interesting but the documentaries always made it seem like something over there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they, this is what these people do on the other side of the fence. And then when I met people that talked about it and had a lot of experience, I found it really interesting. And I found that my mind opened subconsciously because when your mates telling you about like a threesome they had, it's not so fantastical or exotic. Do you know what I mean? It's like, Oh, that sounds fun because my mates had it and he's telling me how yeah. it actually is. But so. you know what? Me in general, I had kind of a, a battle in my own head about chatting to you just mm. in general, Jamie, you're a weird dude. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. Uh, no, but like chatting about sex is a weird thing. Like I always found it weird chatting to guys like you'd meet in the workplace somebody would be like oh look at this and show you some like you know naked woman on your phone i'm like what yeah. do you want me to say here because i'm yeah. like, overflowing with testosterone you don't want me to go oh yeah she's fit i don't get yeah. that yeah 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 totally i totally get that i grew up in 
like sort of a work, very working class area of Southeast London, which I think makes it more common because yeah, I was surrounded by that kind of energy, like people being like, you know, look at that yeah. and all that stuff. And I never like fit into it because I guess I'm, I'm quite feminine and don't, yeah, like you say, I'm the same as you, like we're not, we're not like full of testosterone and like, lads. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, prove myself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely a weird sort of energy. Yeah. That whole kind of like, oh yeah, look at this. And then you, how do you react? Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to paint us as like, we're like, oh yeah, but what about her personality? That's not what it is. Like <laughs> no, we no. still, we still like boobs. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Like... But I ain't about to go and show all my friends who have dicks and be like, look at this. I'm smashing this. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's not my uh, MO. Yeah, it's weird. Like, not not to throw like too sort of heavier word out there, but it's the whole toxic masculinity thing comes up, right? For sure, yeah. Guys don't talk about sex unless it's kind of like in general, unless it's kind of showing off or like yeah, showing their kind of their worth. They get their worth through you know the girls that they're having sex with. Yeah, which we all do. We all we all get our worth through you know who we're seeing. But um, yeah, I think it's definitely a social stigma around guys talking about sex if it isn't like Whoa. yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> if it's an open conversation where you can be on. Honest. I, yeah. I was thinking to myself, I would be a hypocrite not to come on and talk to you because <laughs> I have a podcast and the reason I started a podcast is because I like how open and honest people could be. Yeah. And I'd be a hypocrite to go, no, I'm not going to go talk to Jamie about sex because I'm vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And I spoke to you, didn't I? Like in depth before, before I started it, that I was thinking, well, this is about to come out and I'm not going to talk about my sex addiction experience like we had yeah. a bunch of episodes lined up and i and it felt weird to to not do that yeah the same as you it felt it, it was wrong and it felt like i felt like a fraud i can't be like oh, i'm bringing out this sex podcast but i won't talk about that really personal part of me i'll just let everyone else talk about their personal stuff so yeah i've been trying to get you on for ages and now you're here so i won't yeah, win bit the bullet yeah <laughs> to, be, to be fair you were on my podcast first so yeah that's true actually here. yeah everyone should go check out your <laughs> podcast as well it's about music and horror it is. and the crossover. There's a surprising amount of crossover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if anyone's a fan who listens to this. You get um, you get a lot of big bands on there as well. Surprisingly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah I'm not going to lie. It's always like every time you drop like who your next guest is, I'm like, damn, that's good. Yeah. They're, they're really reaching. Yeah, it's mad. Sometimes like Lun will be like, we're talking to Blackstone Cherry next week. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't believe it until we're on the Zoom call, but yeah. If you like music or horror, that's the place to have a listen. So do you feel like, I, w- I was going to say listening to this podcast, but I mean being forced to listen to this podcast because I make you edit it. Do you feel like you're sort of more equipped to have conversations now about sex? Uh, yeah, I think so. Like I'm on this podcast now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Do you think you want to? Yeah, I wouldn't be against it. So one thing I love about my relationship I have with my girlfriend, Jess, is how open and honest we have these conversations. Yeah. But why wouldn't I have that with my friends? You know, yeah, it is eye opening. And especially yeah. the world that I've discovered from editing your podcast where there's things I didn't know existed. I found yeah. out what, you know, cook holding or grapefruiting is. <laughs> grapefruiting. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the stories are fucking hilarious and I love them. Yeah. Uh, it's brilliant. I think yeah. the thing that um, the more, the more kinkier people would say that have, that have been on the podcast is that the line between like kink and um, like hilarity is very thin. And yeah, it seems like the people that kind of delve deepest into the world of kink and fetish, they 
talk about it with such like joy and they tell stories like their hilarious things have happened with their friends because they are like yeah. you know someone having like a I don't know how many it was I think it was like eight people an eight person gangbang arranged for them for their birthday that was like kind of rape play oh, and shit, also yeah. Yeah, like that's hilarious. She it loves it. Hilarious. She had, yeah. and it's a great time. And it's like her story about her, you know, her thirtieth birthday or whatever it was. And yeah, the line between kind of pushing your fetishes and and experiencing kink and it being a funny story with your mates, that's it, very close. And me being a vanilla guy, like getting to edit this, and I'm I'm hearing a story, and I'm like what like this is like another world like what you were saying yeah. about these like channel four documentaries that you see all yeah. the time, like them over the but i definitely don't view it as them over the but mm. yeah it's so interesting to me yeah well, i think it's i think it's interesting from from both of us being yeah like guys that aren't necessarily like lads and we're not the manliest guys that we know and our conversation about sex before being introduced to a world like this was very two-dimensional like you say you know it's like yeah look at look at these boobs way lads yeah. yes good one Take like, <laughs> on look at this calendar i have up in my workshop Ooh, <laughs> yeah. look at october you know <laughs> yeah just objectifying, you know, like you said, yeah. toxic masculinity. But no one talks like, oh, I think sex is getting a little stale lately and I wonder what I should do about it. Yeah. I've never had that conversation with my friends. Yeah, man. Yeah. No one's, no guy's talking about, you know, how he hasn't had sex with his girlfriend in four months. Uh, yeah. And, you know, like, because we don't want to talk about it, but maybe we should. There's a comedian that uh, I absolutely love called Tom Segura. And there's um, a bit he does on a stand-up. And uh, it's like, uh, oh, I don't want to date this girl anymore. Oh, how come? Oh, she's not slutty enough. And like, well, <laughs> have you told her what you like? No. Oh, you weird, silent fuck. <laughs> like, you've got to have these conversations if you want to, you know, enjoy sex and yeah. what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, so, so true. Yeah. You're the weirdo if you're not talking about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I like your podcast and, you know, the podcast you did recently were, it's, it's something I'm listening to where I'm like, why the fuck? Like if anyone caught me listening to it, I wonder what they'd think, but yeah, it's trying to normalize that conversation of sex is normal. Everyone does it. Yeah. And I, I definitely go to extremes on the podcast. Like I get people on that talk about extreme kink and, you know, stories about anal that went really badly or not yeah. badly, but went, went, you know, not intended. <laughs> differently yeah <laughs> shout all over a guy that was a bit different <laughs> but yeah I d- it's definitely like the extreme but i think talking about extremes is good for us because you know i mean you, let's use anal as an example right if you had never done anal before you listen to the podcast and hear about like how funny it was for this girl to do anal for the first time and shit everywhere all over her partner if you then eventually get to the stage where you want to try anal you know what the extreme version is so exactly, if yours doesn't yeah. do that it's like oh well you know it, it maybe it normalizes it a bit you know it's not as scary whereas Absolutely. without that story I know that people that I would have grown up with, like the idea of anal was very out there. And yeah, like it was something that guys joked about, you know what I mean? And then now in the world that I'm in now, you know, like late twenties, people are more sort of comfortable talking about sex. And obviously I'm around people that talk about sex a lot yeah. more because I have a podcast about it. We talk about how girls like anal, you know, like it's, it's a, it's a thing that's like a very, it's just on the table. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't mind anal. Let's do it. Like, you know, it's just, yeah changes because the conversations happened and at the end of the day like if you enjoy something why should you take any because people kind of shame themselves for thinking like oh what will others think if they find out i'm into this yeah i think by the end of the day if you enjoy it who cares yeah but it is weird because we know each other from music you co-wrote for a band yeah, I was yeah. in. So the transition of going from that to, Matt, I'm starting a sex podcast <laughs> for me was the <laughs> oddest request. <laughs> but I loved it. And, uh, yeah. yeah. 
Well, that's that's an that's an interesting thing as well. Is I wouldn't have thought twice about that because I guess because of me having these conversations all the time, I'm just sort of used to it. I'm very like you know I'm out I'm out there and like talking about sex quite loudly. Sometimes I forget to reel it in. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I I was on the Come Curious podcast recently and posted about that, and that went out to like you know a fair amount of people. They've got a lot of followers, and I was like, yeah, cool, like helping shout about it. I was telling friends that like are interested and all this stuff, and then I sort of sat down at the end of the day after like shouting about it and was like, wait a minute. I was really fucking personal on that podcast. I don't know if I want people to hear this. But that's you what forget. Being, that's what being a podcaster is now. Yeah, yeah. Gotta like be open, open your soul or yeah. fuck off. <laughs> yeah, people have got to relate to you because they know you. Yeah, true. Yeah, I suppose it's not so bad then. Because I, I feel our friendships grown more because I edit your weird personal stories that I've been <laughs> hearing, you know? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Edit, editing podcasts is weird though. You must, you must have this as well. Like, it's not to go too deep, but I'm going to go a bit deep. I meet these people, right? And you meet, you meet the bands and the people that you talk to on your podcast. Yeah. You meet them, you chat for an hour, and then you probably never talk to them again, really. You know, you send a couple messages to be like, the podcast is coming out and that's it. Yeah. And that's fine. But you then spend weeks editing their voice and your conversation and hearing the jokes over and over again and then you make content for it so you might hear them again so to you like this is how i feel anyway the conversations go over and over i feel really close to that person because i feel like i've hung out with them for longer because i've heard the conversation a bunch of times 100 percent, yeah and you learn their like idiosyncrasies and when you're like when you're editing their voice you can you know you're sort of seeing like oh they they stalled here and they took a breath here they paused for thought here so i feel like you get to know someone really well but then on their side they've just chatted to some random guy for an hour and they don't care yeah that's true but at the same time i've made some really good friends from oh you're in this band i like your band Mm. so ash from holding absence is the perfect example yeah ash cancelled on us initially Mm. and i was like fuck's sake man (laughs) you're supposed to record a podcast and now it's another day of the week kind of thing yeah Anyway, we got to it. Ash chatted to us for three hours and then stayed on for an hour after that talk. Right, yeah. And then I edited his voice for three hours and felt like a close personal friend. It isn't. Yeah, man. Yeah. And especially with your podcast where I don't meet the people, I just hear their voices (laughs) and I'm like, Sarah is wild. Her stories are hilarious. Uh, yeah, Sarah's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You get like a weird connection with someone yeah. that you've not actually properly I've never met. met. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely odd. I get, I get quite, I get a bit sad about it, if I'm honest, because like I, I'll, if there's someone that I like really click with, and especially if we've recorded a lot of stuff together, and I and I'm editing it before you make it sound actually good, uh, like yeah, you do relive it a lot, and you sort of you feel like there's a connection there, but then, like I said, on their side, they've only chatted to you for an hour. Whereas you've spent days listening to your conversation That's over and over it, again. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. It's really weird. But you have to kind of let go. You have to remember that we don't do this to make friends, Matt. It's just a fucking <laughs> bonus if we do. Oh, I did it to make friends and it's going horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people just think I do it to get laid. It's not, it's not true. No, not at all. Sometimes but, a happy side effect, but it's not why I do it. <laughs> isn't that something you spoke about recently? Like the connotation of men saying they have sex addiction is just as an excuse half the time but it's not it's not yeah and that's what you know you talking about being a sex addict was quite eye-opening for me and oh cool man that's good yeah yeah, I yeah, I think I won't go over it again because I, I repeat myself so much about this. But yeah, I think that when it, whenever I brought up my experience with sex addiction, it would be met with someone being like, "Oh yeah, I know someone whose ex cheated on them, and then yeah. they said they had a sex addiction." And it's like maybe they do, and they should go get help, like I did. I hope you know for the best for them. But I know for a fact that there are a lot of guys out there that are saying it as like a you know a get out of jail free card. Yeah. And I know guys that have said it 
it's fixed their relationship because they've then gone and worked on it and then they've cheated again. And it's like, not that, you know, it's not going to be a straight line. You know, you're going to fuck up a lot going through addiction therapy, any addiction therapy, you're going to mess up many times. But it's like, I don't know how many of those confessions of, you know, I have an addiction are, are true. But you have so, to yeah. want to get help and solve yeah. that. And I know this isn't related, but hearing you talk about that, my own personal life, I was like, maybe I need to seek, you know, therapy or counseling. And I've spoke mm. to you like plenty of times about it. Yeah, because like having these open conversations are important, especially yeah, around man. sex. This taboo subject, definitely, yeah, around sex and between guys is yeah, super sure. important. Because as you as you said at the start, guys don't tend to talk to each other enough about this sort of stuff, about their feelings, about sex or anything. So yeah, the more we talk about it, the better. On like a, a side <clears> note, my best friend Darren. I remember we always used to skate together. One day yeah. he credit carded himself, which is where the skateboard lands in between your legs and hits your balls. <laughs> no, it's credit carded. All and right. it's horrible. It's a yeah. horrible feeling. Yeah. And Darren felt comfortable enough to reach out to me and say, my balls are black and blue. <laughs> nice. And I was there for him. And I feel like our friendship from there, I'm sorry to out you, Darren. Uh, <laughs> I feel our friendship is so strong because I advised him on ball help. Nice, nice. When I, you say advised him, did you like apply cream or? Just... I wish, no, we weren't that close <laughs> at the time. But um, no, we uh, get a hot bath, some pineapple juice reduces bruising. Oh, is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I had a hot bath when I had my ball injury, which I've talked about on the podcast before. And it, have, it helped. Yeah. 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 Hot baths are good. Yeah. Baths reduce the swelling and pineapple juice. My, right. my top tip if you take anything away from this conversation. <laughs> if your balls get swollen, drink pineapple juice. Yeah. There you go. all right that's all we have time for today thank you so much for listening it really really means a lot to me that you have got out your way to come and listen to me talk to people about their sex stories <laughs> um if you like what we're doing go check us a follow on let's talk about sex jamie on instagram uh tell your friends about us leave a review on itunes all that stuff that people with podcasts say at the end basically um yeah it really means a lot that you listen and hope to see you next week love you bye <laughs>